in this verse, verse 17, for the past two or three weeks. And I'm uh, going to go back tonight. We're going to read several verses and, uh, and then hopefully try to finish this up next week. I told my wife as we uh, went home this afternoon for a, a little while, I said this was supposed to be one message and it ended up being four, but that's what the Lord led and that's what we're going to do. Verse 17, the Bible says this, Wherefore be ye not unwise... But understanding what the will of the Lord is. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you for your word. And Father, when it comes to the matter of your will, Lord, we cannot afford to be unwise. And we pray that you'd give us understanding as we seek for our lives and the life of our church. Lord, I pray that through your preaching tonight, Lord, you'd speak to hearts, give us what we need, help us respond, and be willing, Lord, to do what you'd have us to do, that our church might accomplish the will that you have for it in this year, and for what you do through us. Lord, we will be careful to give you the honor and the glory and the praise, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to go ahead and uh, probably give you bad news from the get-go of the message. You know, there's some things you can do at the beginning of a message where people will tune you out right off the bat. Uh, several years ago, I was in a church. I was visiting. The pastor got up behind the pulpit. He prayed. And right off the bat, he says, okay, I'm going to go ahead and let you know, tonight I have 15 points. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I try to be a spiritual person. But when you say 15 points, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. I hope they're about two minutes apiece. If that's the case, we're going to be fine. But knowing preachers the way that I do, I knew they were not going to be two minutes apiece. And so I don't want to turn your uh, mind off to the message tonight. Uh, but I do want to begin tonight by telling you that I'm going to take my time. Now, if it looks like it's going to go over a little bit on our time, and if the Lord will allow, we will stop and continue next week. But we've been looking the past two services that we've looked at Ephesians 5 or 17. We've been looking at this matter of God's will. And if there's something that we need to understand and have a good grasp of, it is the matter of God's will. Uh, there's no way you can be engaged in God's will for your life without knowing what God's will is. And we've been looking the past few weeks here in verse number 17, week one, uh, we looked at where the Bible says not to be unwise. We looked at the warning uh, concerning God's will. God warns us this matter of knowing what he left us here, not only in this church, but left us here on planet earth to do after we got saved is something that we need to know. We cannot be unwise to that. And we spoke about that in the first service. And the second one we looked at last week, where the Bible says to be understanding. Not to be unwise, but to be understanding. And we looked at that word understanding, and that word understanding means to bring together, meaning uh, the will of God is not one-dimensional. The will of God takes a while. You put the pieces together, and to me, the best picture of that is the picture of Esther to where God brought a specific person to a specific place for a specific time. When all of those pieces came together, God's will became clear for her life, and sometimes we're just going to have to be patient as God brings the pieces together where we understand exactly what God is doing and why God is doing what he's doing. But here's what we look at tonight. When we get to the last part, the Bible says understanding what the will of the Lord is. So God blesses us with these pieces. You know, we, we realize, okay, I can tell you that uh, I am the person to pastor uh, Central Baptist Church at this place at this time uh, until you either run me off or one of you kills me. Uh, I'm the person for this place at this time. Now, 
Now, it took a little while to figure that out. It was almost a year ago, the first time we came here, and we began putting together the pieces of what God's will was for our lives. Now, God will help us understand the pieces. You understand, I hope, that it's God's will that you are a member of this church. So you are the person at this church for this time. So we have those pieces. But then you have to figure out where do those pieces go together. We used the illustration last week of a puzzle. Uh, And inside that box is all the pieces that you need to put together the picture of that puzzle. But sometimes we got to have a little bit of help figuring out where those pieces go. And tonight we're going to look at that on where we can figure out and how to figure out where each piece goes so that the picture comes into a full focused view. Now, we're going to follow the Apostle Paul. Because I know of nobody in the Word of God other than the Lord Jesus Christ who you can tell found the will of God, functioned in the will of God, and fulfilled the will of God for his life. As a matter of fact, at the end of his life, the Apostle Paul says, I'm ready to be offered. I have finished my course. The Apostle Paul says, I got all of the pieces. I put them in their places. The picture came together. He fulfilled the Father's will, and he was ready to be offered. Now, I assure you tonight, every one of us, even though we don't like thinking about the thought of death, every one of us tonight wants to get to the end of our course and look back and see the picture has all come together. We want all of the pieces to be in the right places, and we know that we did the will of God for our life, for our home, and for our church. So how did the Apostle Paul figure out, function in, and fulfill the will of God for his life? Well, we're going to flip back to two different places right quick. Go back to your left, 1 Corinthians chapter number 1 and verse number 1. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, verse number 1. I I want you to see something. Now, Paul says we're not to be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So how did Paul find, function, and fulfill in the will of God? I think we see a clue. Kind of follow the Hansel and and Gretel breadcrumbs if we could. And 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 1. Watch what Paul says. The Bible says, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. Paul, look, at the end of his life, he says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I've kept the faith. Paul says, I've done the will of God for my life. And so we see where Paul ended. But Paul says the reason that he's ending the way he ended is because he began the way he began. And here we are in verse number one. He says, I was called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. All right, Paul found his calling through the will of God. And so if we want to understand how Paul fulfilled the will of God and how he found the will of God, we need to go back to where Paul was called. So now flip back to Acts chapter number 9. All right, Acts chapter 9, we'll stay there most of the rest of the night. Acts chapter number 9, we see the steps that Paul took to find the will of God. Paul was doing what he was doing and saying what he was saying at the church at Corinth because he knew the will of God. Why? Because he found it out when God called him. In Acts chapter number 9, we see where God begins to call the apostle Paul. So tonight, we're going to look at the walk of God's will. There are steps that you need to take in order to find God's will. And we see these steps literally laid out for us in God's calling of the apostle Paul. Now, he fulfilled his will, all right? And that's where all of us want to get, don't we? We all want to get to the place where we have fulfilled the will of God for our life. So in order to fulfill the will of God, we've got to know how to find the will of God. 
And Paul says, I found it on the road to Damascus. So let's look tonight at the walk of his will, and let's see the four steps. I, wanna, I hope we can all fit them in tonight. If we're not, I'm not going to rush through it. We'll finish it next week. But you've got to see this. Why? Because you're no good to your church if you don't know the will of God for your life. Because what you're going to do in the place that God calls you is what God's will is for you. And so you need to know God's will. You need to know it like you know your name. The apostle Paul did not fulfill the will of God because he was kind of thinking maybe that's what he was supposed to do. The apostle Paul fulfilled the will of God for his life because he knew what the will of God was for his life and he found God's will in Acts chapter number nine. So let's look down and see these four steps if we could. You know verse one, verse two, verse three. He's on his way to Damascus. The Bible says that the bright light shined around him in verse number three. And we're gonna pick up in verse number four for the sake of time. The Bible says that he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, excuse me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? So here he is, he's on his journey, the light shines down from heaven, he falls to the ground, and the Bible says he hears a voice that says, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? The first thing I want you to notice is it begins, listen, finding the will of God begins with hearing from God. All right? Let's not overlook the simple parts that are obviously very important. I want you to to recall, here's Paul on his journey, and nothing takes place until he hears from God. Now, this is the way many of us are going to be. Understand, you'll never fulfill the will of God if you don't find the will of God, and you find the will of God by hearing from God. Now, this is important to understand tonight, because what this does is this emphasizes for us the inseparable relationship between the will of God and the word of God. Now understand this, you will not find the will of God. You can't fulfill it if you don't first find it. And you cannot find the will of God outside of the word of God. Now there's a problem there for a lot of people. I get asked a lot of times, how do I know the will of God? And how do I find the will of God? Well, look, the first thing it begins is being able to hear from God because he's the one who knows it and he wants you to know it, but you've got to be able to hear from him. And so often we can't. We're kind of in the dark. We're just as Paul was going along about our journey. So if you're going to be serious about hearing from God, if you're going to be serious about serving God, you've got to be serious about hearing from God. So give you something real quick. Jot this verse down. Psalms 18, verse 28. David says this, For thou wilt light my candle. The word of God, the Bible says, will enlighten my darkness. The word of God will enlighten my darkness. What does that mean? That means oftentimes when it comes to the will of God, I believe more times than not, we're in the dark. You know why we're in the dark? It's because we are trying to find the will of God without the word of God. Paul found out what God's will was for his life. He fulfilled God's will for his life, but it began with him hearing from God. So here's the question. How do we hear from God? All right? How do we hear from God? There's two ways. I'll give you the first one. The first one is very simple and it's very obvious. It's through his word. All right? You want to hear from God. One of the easiest ways to hear from God is to read the word that he wrote and preserved for us. By the way, why do you think the devil fights so hard in keeping you from reading the word of God? Why is it so hard? 
It's simple. We get up, we sit down, and we read the Word of God. But sometimes it's like going to get a root canal, isn't it? I mean, we fight it. We put it off. We don't want to have anything to do with it. Why is it so hard? It's because it's through the Word of God and hearing from God that we find the will of God for our life. And, oh, the devil does not want you to find the, find the will of God for your life. I want you to get, think about this in Genesis. Genesis chapter 1, and verse number 2. The Bible says that there was darkness. Remember that? There was darkness. There was a void upon the earth. And then verse number three, the Bible says, and God did what? God spoke. He says, let there be light. And all of a sudden, guess what there was? There was light. You notice it was darkness. It was vague. It was void until God spoke into the darkness. And how often is that the way the will of God is for our life? It's, we're void of it. And it's vague. And what we need is for God's word to penetrate the darkness so that we can know exactly what he desires for us. That's why David says, thy word hath enlightened my darkness. Now, folks, if you're in the dark concerning the will of God, let me give you the easiest first step. It begins with hearing from God, and hearing from God starts with his word. Now, folks, we're not reading our Bibles through this year just so that we can say we read our Bible through. We're reading our Bibles through so we can hear from God. What do we want to hear from God? We want to hear from God what his will is for our lives. Several years ago when I was pastoring, anytime my phone rang, I'd pop up middle of the night. It didn't matter, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. did not matter, and I'd race to the church for anybody that needed counsel. Didn't mind that. I was willing to do that. But here's something that uh, someone pointed out to me one time. So often the people that would call at 2 and 3 and 4, now by the way, if you have a need at 2 or 3 or 4, don't hesitate to call, okay? But so often the people who had these life-shattering instances in their life where they weren't sure about what to do and they were having all of this confusion in their life, they were people that were not even faithful to come to church to begin with. Someone shared with me one time, you know, you probably give out a lot of good counsel on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights. And they wouldn't need as much counsel after hours if they would heed the word of God in hours. You get what I'm saying? If they wouldn't have to come at midnight and 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock and help straighten out all of the confusion in their life if they just came and received the word of God. Because the word of God shines light into our darkness and that, that's the reason things are not so fuzzy anymore. So I decided a long time ago, you know why? Look, if you can't be faithful. Now, look, I'll give you one or two strikes, all right? I'll give you one or two strikes. But folks, if we can't be faithful to come to the house of God, to hear the word of God, then we really don't want help, do we? Because we come to the house of God to hear what? The word of God. You're not coming to here to hear me. You're hopefully coming to hear the word of God. And that word of God will shine a light into our darkness. And so if we're not willing to hear the word of God, why on earth should he show us his will? Because we find his will through his word. 1 Peter 2, 2, the Bible says, as sincere babes desiring. Oh, the Bible says as newborn babes, I'm sorry, desiring the sincere milk of the word of God. Now understand what it's saying there. As, since, as sincere, I keep wanting to get to the word sincere and I'll tell you why in just a second. As newborn babes, comma, as newborn babes, comma, how does a newborn babe desire to be fed? I don't know, just listen to how loud they scream. They want to be fed. They're hungry. They desire that milk. They desire to be fed. First Peter 2, the Bible says, as newborn babes, we desire the sincere word of God. Now, here's what's neat about that word, sincere. It means undiluted. Undiluted. I liken it this way. I love whole milk, don't you? That's part of my problem. 
I've had to go back, Brother Michael, to 2%. I'm, I'm down to 2%. I look at the skim milk in the counter at Walmart, and you can almost see through it. You're not supposed to be able to see through milk. You know, milk, you're supposed to have a little bit of it stuck to the roof of your mouth and your tongue when you finish drinking it. Why? Because it's rich. It's not that watered down stuff, all right? We need the straight stuff. Look, the word of God, it's whole milk, all right? The Bible says that we need to desire the whole milk, not the watered down stuff. The sincere word of God. Can I tell you, watch how this works together. Can I tell you why so many professing Christians have trouble finding the will of God in their life? Let me tell you why. It's because they go to churches where the word is watered down. You see, it's the word of God that gives us clarity. It's the word of God that shines into our darkness. And the reason people are so fuzzy on things that we used to understand as basic fundamental doctrines of the church, the reason they're confused on that is because they go to churches that do not preach the sincere word of God. They're not getting the word. The word will make that clear. Give you a prime example. I watched this video and could not believe it. Here's a picture of a man. This is a pastor of a church. As far as I know, he's a well-known pastor of a church. And I watched the message from this man. Yes, that, that, is, that is his hair. Uh, that's, that's not a snake sleeping on his head. That is his hair. And I watched and I listened. It's about a three or four minute message, I believe it was, on this man preaching why the King James Bible is not the Bible. And, and here's what I want to get at tonight. This guy was trying to tell me about what the Bible has to say when obviously this guy's got some issues in his life. Now, folks, I hope that he's saved, but folks, we all make mistakes. I understand that. But we see a type of religion being preached today where they don't even have a grasp of basic understanding of what the Word of God says. Why? Because they're not getting the Word of God. They're getting skim milk rather than whole. All right? They're not getting sincere milk. You can go to churches all over our town, by the way, and find churches that have a similar doctrine, a similar style of preaching, where they will give you some of the Word of God. Most of it contains grace and love and peace and joy, which are all part of it, but that's not the whole counsel of God. We need the sincere word. That means undiluted word. And they say, well, people don't like that. Well, look, that's why they're in darkness to begin with. All right? It's the light of the word of God that shines into the darkness that gives us clarity about what his will is. You know the word of God? Give me that picture again if you don't mind right quick. You know the word of God says that for a, long, uh, for a man to have long hair, it's a shame. Well, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. That's what the word of God says. But he's not clear on that. Why? Because evidently he comes from a church where it's not preached either. So listen, understand, look, I'm not throwing rocks at people, all right? I get no joy out of beating somebody else down. What I'm trying to do is help you understand something. If you want to know the will of God, it begins with hearing from God and hearing the whole counsel of God. If you're not willing to hear the word of God, you will dwell in darkness when it comes to knowing what God's will is for your life. Sooner or later, you got to man up and say, I want to hear the book and the whole book and nothing but the book you got to believe that. I desire that. I need to hear it all. It blesses my heart when, look, folks, you preach something that might be a little bit pointed. You preach something that might be just a little bit controversial. And you're thinking, man, I'm going to get stoned when I walk out the door. As far as I know, I haven't preached anything like that since I've been here. What a blessing it is when folks say, you know what? That didn't feel too good, but that's what I needed. That's desiring the sincere milk of the word. That, that, uh, That undiluted word. Now, folks, we've got to have God's word to know God's will. You can't get around it, all right? There is no Googling God's will for your life other than going through God's word. 
give an example. Every once in a while, my wife will send me on an errand, or that sounds kind of bossy, doesn't it? She will ask me to run an errand for her. She's not bossy most of the time. She really isn't because I'm such a good husband. Why would you need to be bossy? And uh, she'll say, would you run to the store for me right quick? Got a baby shower going on or a wedding shower going on. Would you go to the store and get something for me? Yeah, absolutely. Well, usually I have something else on my mind, usually. And she said, okay, I need to get this. I need to get this. Can you get this? Can you get this? Absolutely. No problem. Get in the car. I walk into Walmart and I'm walking around in Walmart and thinking, what on earth am I doing here? Ooh, there's avocados. <laughs> and I come home with all of this stuff, and she says, did you get what I needed? I said, what was it that you needed again? Look, I didn't know what to do. Why did I not know what to do? Because when she was talking, I wasn't listening. You know, this is why we as Christians don't know how to live. Because we don't listen when he's talking. Look, how did Paul find the will of God? Look, let's put fulfilling the will of God on the back burner. How did he find the will of God? It began with him hearing from God. And hearing from God begins in the most basic of forms of hearing from his word. That's why God went through all of the trouble to preserve this for us throughout generations. In spite of all those that sought to destroy it. Hebrews 4.12, what does it say? We know the verse well. The Bible says the word of God is quick and powerful. Notice the first words of the word of God, quick and powerful. The Bible says it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of, of, of joints and marrow and the soul and the spirit. But what's the last part say of that verse? The last part of that verse, the Bible tells us, is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of what? The heart. Now look, I'm sure you have a good heart, but mine is not. And I'm not talking about the cholesterol part, okay? I'm talking about the spiritual part. The Bible says that mine is desperately wicked. The Bible says that my heart is deceitful above all things. And can I tell you, here's what's happening. The reason the church is getting in so much trouble, our homes are in so much trouble, our lives are in so much confusion and in so much shambles, let me tell you why. It's because we're trusting our hearts. Something pops up in our heart that feels good to us and say, you know, I'm just going to follow my heart. Worst advice you could ever give yourself, to follow your heart. That's why the Bible says the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. There are times things pop up in my heart, I think they're great ideas. And my wife even thinks they're great ideas. So that's established by two witnesses that it actually might be a great idea. Then all of a sudden, the word of God comes through and and whittles down my idea. You see, it's a discerner of the thought. You know, we're raising our kids in a world. We're raising our kids by the word of God. That's not very popular. And all of a sudden, you're going to have this desire of your heart to just want your kid to fit in. Let's just do what they're doing. And and the, the people will like them and they will embrace them. And all of a sudden, thank God for his word that's it's hidden in our heart. All of a sudden, it comes through and cuts that idea up. What's it doing? It's discerning. But here's the problem. If you don't know the Word of God, how can it discern it? So number one, if you're going to know the will of God, the first step is it begins with hearing from God, and hearing from God begins with His Word. Now, how else do we hear from God? The second one, it's very simple. It's through His Spirit. Turn with me back to your left to John chapter 16. And I want you to look at verse number 13. John chapter 16, verse 13, while you're turning, I'm going to give you a little bit of a backstory of what's going on here. Jesus is preparing his disciples for his departure. 
Uh, he will soon be arrested. Not very long after chapter 16, he'll be arrested. And he's not going to be with them anymore. As a matter of fact, if you look in John chapter 16, uh, look down to verse, uh, look at verse 7, if you will. The Bible says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. So he's preparing them for his absence. Now, who is Christ? Christ is the word that was made flesh. All right? Now, he's about to leave. How frightening. They've spent their entire three-year ministry together. And the word has been right there with them. But now he's about to leave. Look down, if you will, to verse number 16. The Bible says, a little while and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while and ye shall see me because I go to the Father. So Christ is telling them, I'm going to leave. How frightening would that be not to have Christ with you? But watch what he says in verse number 13. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whosoever, whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Notice Christ is saying, look, when I'm gone, that I'm going to not leave you comfortless. You look up that word, it means orphaned. He's not going to leave us without. He's going to send the Spirit. And what does he say the Spirit will do in verse 13? He will guide you in all truth. So number one, how do we fulfill the will? We've got to first find it. How do we find it? It begins with hearing from God. How do we hear from God? We hear from God from his word. How else do we hear from God? Through his Spirit. Verse 13 says that the Spirit will guide us. You see, finding the will of God. I want you to think about a safari, if you would. I've, I've, only, I've been on a safari in my life, uh, crossed the Nile River. I showed you a picture of that the other day, and we went into this, this preserve, and we saw giraffes, and it was amazing to see it in its real, uh, real environment. And, but we had a guide. On, a guide, on a, an adventure like that, an expedition, you need a guide. And I want you to understand that finding the will of God is a spiritual expedition. All right. So in order to go on a spiritual expedition, you need a spiritual guide. And our, our loving Father gave us the guide of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that he's there to guide us in all truth. So here's what we're saying. Look, if you want to hear from God, you've got to learn to connect and dial in that voice of the Holy Spirit of God to your heart. The good news is the Bible tells us when we got saved, the Holy Spirit of God, we had an earnest of the Spirit. He indwells our heart, and he wants to guide us in all truth. Why? Because there's some things your heart's going to want to do, and you better have that Holy Spirit of God tuned in a little bit louder to overshadow what your heart wants to do and guide you in the way of truth. I was coming home from Florida uh, on our vacation. I didn't get this picture from Florida, but I pulled one up so you can see it. You ever been going down the highway and seen a picture of a sign that tells you for weather updates or for emergencies to tune into this channel? You ever seen one of those? Urgent message when flashing, traffic and weather info, tune radio to 1620 a.m. So you're going down the road and you see that sign blinking, and that sign blinking tells you that there's an important message. And you need to know this message because it concerns weather and safety and traffic. But in order for you to get that message, you have to tune into that channel. Now, you can see the lights flashing and say, you know what? I'm just going to roll the dice and take my chances and go about my way and do what I was doing and pretend I didn't see it. And then the consequences are on you because you were given the message to tune in to that channel. The Holy Spirit's very similar. 
all right? In order to get the message about what you need to do, in order for you to get the message about what is truth and how he wants to guide you, you must tune in to that channel, all right? You can't say, well, I don't like that channel. That's not my favorite channel. I'm going to tune into my favorite channel and hope the message comes across there. It's not. Do you know what our favorite channel is? It's our flesh. God doesn't speak through our flesh. He speaks through the Spirit. That's what the Bible says, walk in the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You see, what is the Spirit doing? It's guiding us. Walk in the Spirit. The Spirit's not going to guide you to fulfill the lust of the flesh. But here's the problem. How are you going to get the message if you don't tune in the right channel? The right channel for the child of God is the Holy Spirit of God. You've got to learn to tune that in. If you can't hear from God, you're not going to find God's will. Therefore, you'll not function in God's will, and therefore, you'll not fulfill God's will. And you will die like most Christians, I believe, die today in much regret because you didn't do what God left you here to do. All the time you were here, you didn't have that fulfillment that you could have by doing the will of God. I want you to go back in your mind and think, out, uh, think about uh, Samuel. Remember when God was calling Samuel? Here he is, and he goes and he lays down, and he's, he's there going to sleep, and he hears a voice. You don't know what that is, you know? He gets up, and he runs there to Eli, and he says, did you call me? And Eli says, no, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. He goes back, and he lays down, and Here's that voice again. He pops up and he goes back to Eli. Eli, did you call me? No, I didn't call you. Go lay back down. And he goes on to tell them, if you hear that again, if you hear that voice again, ask the Lord what he wants. That's God trying to get in touch with you. Can I tell you what, what little Samuel was doing? Every time he went back to bed, he was dialing that knob just a little bit more, tuning in the voice of God. You know what a lot of us do? God calls out to us and we just go back to bed and we saw logs. We're not that interested in knowing what the voice was. We're not that interested in knowing how God wants to guide us, the direction he wants to lead us. Look, if you want to know God's will for your life, it begins with hearing from God. And you hear him through his word and you hear him through the spirit that he left us that wants to guide us. Look, I told somebody the other day, my daughter's 12, she'll be 13 next month. I've never had a teenager before. Some of you that have, I may be coming to you for advice. I don't know, look, I don't know how to raise a teenager in 2020. I don't know, but can I tell you what? I have great comfort in knowing the Holy Spirit of God that lives within my heart desires to guide me as a dad in all truth that I can train up my child in the way that she should go. Now, isn't that neat how that works? God says, I want to guide you through my spirit so you can guide your child in the way that she should go. But, oh, mom and dad, what if we're not tuned into the right channel? What if we're tuned into this channel rather than tuned into the spiritual channel? How are you going to know how to guide your child? Folks, can I tell you, there is not a book out there. There probably is, but you can't just go get a book called Pastoring for Dummies and figure out how God wants Central Baptist Church to be led. You know what I have to do? I have to spend some time at my home and in my office on my knees before God tuning the dial because it's amazing as you go throughout the course of a day, it gets kind of staticky, doesn't it? Man, you leave church on Wednesday night and you're feeling good and you and God are walking like that. By Thursday morning when you wake up, it's a little bit, you're going to have to dial it in. 
You must dial it in. Why? Because God wants to guide you tomorrow in all truth. And you never know who you may be leading by the decisions you make. So you better make sure the decisions that you make are led by the Holy Spirit of God. Or else you could be leading someone right off the edge of a cliff. I've watched mom and dads do it many times. I've watched pastors do it many times. Why? Because we think we can do this without the leading of the Spirit of God. So well, I can't hear God very well. Well, that's the question I've been asked many, many times. If you can't hear God, number one, you need to make sure you're saved. If you can't hear God and you've never heard God, you better make sure that you're saved because he's in there if you're saved. And he's speaking. You say, well, I know for sure that if I die, I'm going to heaven. All right, they need to figure out why you can't hear him. All right? Is there something between you and God? If we regard iniquity in our heart, the Lord will not hear us. Is there something between us and God that's messing up the connection? You know, when Katrina hit, we were without power at the camp for three weeks. We had no power. We had no phone service. Why? Because all of those limbs were on our lines. There was debris between us and the power source and us and the communication source that we were not able to get transmission of what we needed. They came through. They cleared the lines. They got the trees off. And after a while, we had self-service again. Then we had power again. But somebody had to come through there and clean up the debris. You know, the reason tonight that you may not be able to hear from God, you don't, watch this, you don't know the will of God, you can't find the will of God because you can't hear from God. You'll not find it without hearing from God. And you can't hear from God is because there's debris between you and the source of your communication. It's not that God's not wanting to speak. It's because there's something between you and him. I was thinking uh, this afternoon uh, about my wife and I. Uh, a lot of times we'll lay in bed at night and we'll start planning the day out for tomorrow. All right, what do you got to do? Okay, here's what you got to do. What are you going to do tomorrow? Well, here's what I'm going to be doing. We'll be going back and forth. And I'm not going to tell you that I don't ever fall asleep first. Uh, but my wife falls asleep really, really quick. We'll just put it that way. We'll be laying there and I'll say, all right, what do you got planned tomorrow? So, well, I got the kids in the library from this time. I'm going to go to the hospital and see so-and-so and I got to go to visit so-and-so. Okay, so what are you going to be doing? So, well, tomorrow I'm going to be doing this, I'll be doing that. All right, what about Friday? What do you have planned on Friday? And I look over there, and she is gone to Never Never Land. Having a good old time with a smile on her face. She's probably flying around somewhere in her dreams. You know, that's the best dream is flying. But see, the conversation just became one-sided. I'm sitting there talking. having. A, I mean, you know me. I can ramble on. <laughs> I'm rambling on, you know, talking about this and church members that get on my nerves and all this stuff. And <laughs> I said, don't you agree that they're a jerk? I don't say that, okay. Hello? I look over there, she's gone. All this time, I've been having a one-sided conversation. I think a lot of times, God has one-sided conversations because we're not hearing him. We can't hear him because there's something between him and us. Do you know the word communication or conversation means a talk between two who are exchanging thoughts and ideas. You see, finding the will of God, understand this, finding the will of God is an ongoing conversation. God speaks, you respond. God speaks, you respond. It's an ongoing conversation. But oftentimes God speaks and it's one-sided. I want to show you something interesting. Turn back to Acts 9, if you will. Acts chapter number 9, our, our key text tonight. 
And I want you to see something. How many of your Bibles tonight are red letter editions? Raise your hand. How many of your Bibles are red letters? Okay, great, great. Then you're going to understand what I'm about to say, okay? The Bible says, verse 4 of Acts 9, And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. Now, here's what I want you to watch. Watch the color change. Watch verse 4, starting with the red. It goes from red, verse 5, to black. Red to black. Red to black. Do you know what that was? That's a conversation. God speaks. Paul hears. God speaks. Paul hears. He's responding to God. The second thing tonight, I want to give you the second and we'll stop on this in just a moment. The first thing, the first step on finding God's will is it begins with hearing from God. The second step, it continues when God hears from us. All right? God's going to speak to us through his word. But then, can I tell you what's required? We've got to respond to that. Notice it's not red, 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 red. It is red, black, red, black, red, black. This is a conversation that is taking place. If you want to find the will of God, the first step is you need to hear from God. All right? Before, listen, before you go and you beg God, show me what your will is. I want to know what your will is for my life. Before you go and pour your heart out to God, you first need to understand and make sure that you can hear from God. All right? You need to make sure that you can hear from him. And then you go and you talk to God, and God speaks. But listen, the will of God will only continue when you respond to what God has had to say. So understand it this way. The revealing of his will will come through a response to his word. All right? The revealing of his will, where God begins to reveal to you what he wants to do with your life, the revealing of his will will only come through a response to his word. All right? You can't expect for God to speak to you and you not to respond and for God to still show you what he wants. Notice Jesus speaks in verse 4, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Verse 5, and he said, who art thou, Lord? The Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. You see, God wanted to show Paul what he wanted him to do, but Paul responded between the two times that Christ spoke. Now, here's what I ask you. When was the last time you responded to when God spoke? When was the last time you responded to something God said to you? So what do you mean? When was the last time you responded in obedience? God spoke to you through his word. God spoke to you through his spirit. When was the last time that you responded to that? How often do we come to God's house and the word of God, which is quick and powerful, notice it didn't say the preacher was. It said the word of God was. The word of God is quick and powerful. So the word of God goes out and the word of God wants to do its work and the word of God speaks to us and yet we walk out those doors unresponsive. You know what it's called? You know they use that term when someone passes away? They have an accident, and we get to the scene of the accident, and they check the people in the car, the plane crash, and the people are unresponsive. There's no life. They've breathed their last breath. I believe that's how our churches are today. You can tell our churches are dead. Why? Because we're unresponsive. God speaks to us through his word. God speaks to us through his spirit. And by the way, the Holy Spirit of God knows our phone number very well. 
He knows how to get in touch with us. I know what the Holy Spirit of God sounds like. When God called us to go to Monroe, Louisiana to plant that church, I had a lot of people who told me I was making a mistake. Let me tell you what, what, what got my family in a, in a U-Haul truck and drove to Monroe, Louisiana. It was the fact that I knew what the Holy Spirit of God sounds like. I knew what he was saying to do. And even though everything was contrary to what I knew, I knew what God said, and we had to do what God said. So you know, as a Christian, what the Holy Spirit of God sounds like. So when he speaks, the only way you're going to find God's will is to learn to respond to it. Beautiful picture of this is in Exodus chapter 3. It won't turn there. Stick with me about five more minutes, and I'll finish point two, and we'll go with three and four next week. In Exodus chapter 3, Moses is on the backside of the desert watching some sheep. The Bible says that the burning bush was off to the side, and he noticed this bush that was burning, but it was not consumed. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 3, I believe verse number 3, that Moses says, I will turn aside. I'm going to turn aside off of my way. I'm going to see this bush that's burning, but not consumed. And what does the Bible say in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 4? The Bible says, when the Lord saw that he turned aside, that he spoke to him. When the Lord saw that Moses was responding to him, reaching out to him, the Bible says that God called unto him. Now, folks, you want God to call unto you and to show you everything, but we're not responding to the word that God has already given us. How can we expect God to show us, remember, what is next if we haven't responded to what is now? You want to know God's will? You want to find God's will? It begins with hearing from God. But then after you hear from God, God needs to hear from you. One of the things that blessed my heart, the other day I was speaking with someone as I was outlining, preparing this message, and uh, someone told me, uh, it just blessed my heart because I know the feeling that they were in a service just the other day, and uh, during the service, the Holy Spirit of God stirred their heart. But here's what was neat. They says, we didn't know exactly why God was stirring our heart or my heart. So I just knew to get up and go down to the altar and talk to God about it. You know, sometimes God's going to stir your heart. God's going to burden your heart. He's going to wake you up at 4 a.m. It'd be nice if it came across my watch and says, okay, God wants you to pray for Miss Leslie right about now. No, doesn't have, just God wakes you up, your heart's burdened about something. Look, you know what you ought to do? Respond to that. If God stirs your heart in a message, you say, I can't exactly tell you what God's stirring my heart about. Hey, maybe he's waiting for you to turn aside before he calls out to you. Maybe he's waiting for you to respond to that still, small voice of what he has pricked your heart with in order for him to give you what is next. Revelation chapter number three, we know the verse well. He says, behold, I stand at the door and what? Knock. Now watch this. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. So here is Christ. What is he doing? He's making contact. Remember, there's that first contact being made by Christ. But what did he say? If any man will hear my voice, all right, you hear it. But then what happens after the hearing? He says, and open the door. How often do we come to church and we hear the knocking? And we know who it is. The Holy Spirit's like, call our ID. We know who it is. And we're like, well, I know, God, you're stirring my heart about something. I know you're knocking, but I'm afraid to go to the door. Why? Because you don't know what he wants. 
On one hand, we want to know what the will of God is. Man, I want to know the will of God is. I want to find it. I want to function in it and fulfill the will of God for my life. But we're afraid to answer the door. You're never going to know what the will of God is for your life if you don't respond when God speaks. Yes, it's wonderful when God speaks, but sooner or later, God needs to hear you respond and speak back. Here's Paul. Look at the letter. Look at the colors. Black, red, black, red, black, red. Notice God is not spelling everything out for him here. He's just giving him clarity. I'll give you this real quickly. Clarity comes through continuing the conversation. Clarity will come through continuing the conversation. What does that mean? That means the Holy Spirit of God speaks to you. And you're like, look, do you think the Apostle Paul knew exactly what was going on when that light began to shine down and he hit the ground? No, the conversation just started, all right? But Paul didn't say, boy, this is scary. I'm out of here. No, he just kept talking back forth. And the longer the conversation went on, guess what Paul got? Clarity. Watch, you see it right here in scripture. Jesus speaks in verse four. Paul asks a question. Who art thou? You ever do that on a phone call? You get a number, you don't know who it is? Like, who is this? You know? I'm not saying I don't want to talk to you, but I'd like to know who I'm talking to. And they say, oh, this is your aunt so-and-so. I got a new number. Well, then once you realize that, you keep on going with the conversation. Well, that's what Paul did. Who art thou? Verse 5, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the bricks. He trembling and astonished says, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Notice the longer he talks, the more clarity about the will of God he gets. One moment, he's flying blind, riding down the road on a donkey, going to do his own thing. And he would have kept doing his own thing had God not reached out first. Thank God for that. He's riding along, and in the next few minutes, he becomes one of the greatest apostles this world has ever seen. Why? Because he kept the conversation going. You can't come to church on Sunday and God speak to you on Sunday morning, and you come down to an altar and say, all right, God, show it all to me. No, you're going to have to keep that conversation going. So it begins with number one, we've well, got to hear from God, and then God needs to hear from you. Matthew chapter 4, we read about When God called his disciples there by the seashore, the Bible says he came up to him in Matthew chapter 4, verse number 19. He says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now, one moment they are fishermen and they know what fishing is all about. And next moment, Christ is telling them he's going to make them fishers of men. You know what's neat? They didn't say, all right, tell us how this is going to happen. Give us a five-year plan. There wouldn't be a five-year plan. Tell us, all right, are there benefits? Is there dental? You know, do we have insurance and health care and all of this? No, all he said was he reached out to them and said, follow me. And they had to decide whether or not they wanted to continue the conversation. And they found the will of God. Peter would go on to walk on water. All because he found the will of God for his life. How did he do that? He begins with hearing from God. You hear from God through his word. You hear from God through his spirit. And then, once you hear from God, it's on you to continue the conversation. So my question to you tonight is simply this. We're going to start right there. There's two more. I'll give them to you next week. Here's what we need to ask our question tonight. Has God already spoken to us, and we've yet to respond? Can I ask you, what color is the conversation right now? Is it black or is it red? Was the last word that came down in your life, was it red? Was it from Christ? And you've not acted upon it yet. 
Well, no wonder you don't know the will of God for your life. It's because you've yet to respond to his speaking already. So folks, tonight, let's have our heads bowed and our eyes closed just for a few moments. I'm not going to keep you any longer than God would have us to, but don't you want to know the will of God? Don't you want to be able to say, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I've kept the faith, not only in 2020, but for the rest of your life, wouldn't you like to say, I did it, I did the will of God for my life. You'll not do the will of God until you know it. So how do I know the will of God? It begins with hearing from him.